0: No, I have always been a watchmaker. I was the first licensed woman watchmaker in Holland. I repaired watches the whole day. I had a jewelry store together with my dad. And I could sell good watches. When you came to me, I could tell you now when you buy this watch, it is so good that even if it makes a difference of two minutes in a month, you come back and uh, I can change it. But then uh, I thought later, I hope I have not boasted too much about my watch. What must I do when it makes a a difference of five minutes in a week? You know, I do not sell watches anymore, but I sell the gospel. And I am so glad that when I tell very much about the great joy and love of the Lord, then I can never boast too much. For the reality is far and far greater than I can tell you and you can tell me. And I hope that when we come in heaven and we look back at this time, we will not be ashamed that we have so lived as beggars. And we are king's children, tremendous rich. And that's why I am so glad that I can tell you a little bit what I experienced. You all have heard of that terrible time that we have had in Holland and then when the Germans came under the leader Adolf Hitler and he intended to kill all the Jewish people. We started to save as many as we could. I I had never planned it, but God had planned it After some time, I had a gang of 80 people, 30 teenager boys, 20 teenager girls, 20 men and 10 women. And once we heard that in a Jewish orphanage in Amsterdam, all the babies had to be killed because they were Jewish babies. When we heard that, our boy said, we will save them. And we will steal them. And they went to that orphanage and they stole all the hundred babies. <laughs> you will say, how is it possible? I will tell you a secret. You know, sometimes there came to us good uh, Germans and who were uh, soldiers who were in the army and they said we don't like to work any longer for Adolf Hitler we will not kill the Jewish people can you help us and I always said sure I will help you just come in and we gave them of course civil clothing and we took the uniforms I have not to go into details, but you understand how my boys stole the hundred (laughs) babies. Hallelujah. (laughs) One of my bravest boys was Pete Hartog. And Pete said that evening, I believe we do the most important work that exists just saving lives from the morning till the evening I don't long to go back to to college this is life (laughs) I said Pete I am so happy when I think of the babies that we have saved but Pete there is a work that is more important even than saving lives and that is saving souls and tell the people about the Lord Jesus Christ and then Pete smiled and Pete said, I'm a Christian boy. I go to church, I read my Bible and I pray. But telling people the gospel, telling them about Jesus, that is good business for my pastor. I said, Peter, every Christian is called to be the light of the world. And every Christian must be ready to tell the way of salvation to anyone who needs it. And in your time, In your life, Pete, will come a time that you will see it the most important work for you. To win souls for Jesus Christ and to show that the way of salvation by believing in Jesus and inviting him into your heart. Half a year later, Pete came into prison. And when he came into the cell, he heard that he had only one week to live. And the day before he was shot, he wrote us a long letter. And he wrote, all the men and the boys in this cell are sentenced to death. And I am so glad that I could tell them that when they receive Jesus as their Savior, that the Lord Jesus will make them children of God and that when they go to be killed that they go to the house of the Father with the many mansions where Jesus is preparing a mansion for everyone who believes in him. And Peter wrote, I am see now that the most important work for a Christian is to win souls for eternity. Say, young people, I have a message for you from Pete Don't wait till the last week of your life like he has done. But give your life today to the Lord and say, Lord, use me. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to me. How you would, uh, will say it, I don't mind. But tell the Lord that he, will, that he may take you to use you as the light of the world. And then I can tell you he will use you. And why? when you really will be used to uh, win souls for Jesus Christ once, when you enter the beautiful city and the saved all around you appear many of them will tell you it was you that invited me here boy that will be a joy (laughs) (laughs) then you will know that you have not lived in vain once there came a man to me and said will you save my my wife she is arrested she has saved Jewish people And now she is in a police station. And there is one policeman who will run the risk to set her free if we pay him 600 guilders. But I have no money. I said, oh man, what does money say? Let's see, I have 200 guilders. Come back after an hour. And in that hour I asked all my friends, say, have you money? Give it. It means to save the life of a good woman. When that man came back, I gave him 600 guilders. That man was a quisling, a betrayer. His wife was not at all in prison. But the Gestapo, the police of the enemy had said, find out if Corrie ten Boom saves Jewish people. And he thought, I can do it and make some money. And he made some money. He went home with 600 guilders, but five minutes later the Gestapo surrounded our house and we were all arrested. Later, when I was in a concentration camp, there came a prisoner from my hometown. And she said, say, do you know who has betrayed you? I said, no. And then she told that it was that man. And there came hatred in my heart. The man, I had given my last penny. But I know from the Bible that hatred means murder in God's eyes. But I also know from the Bible what to do with your murder when we confess our sins, when we repent and ask forgiveness then He is able to forgive us and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from all the sins that we tell Him and ask forgiveness for and repent. And I repented for my, my hatred and the Lord took my, that sin away. That's the great joy. The Bible tells very clearly what the Lord does when you repent. He takes such a sin and he casts it into the depths of the sea, forgiven and forgotten. That's what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say, but I believe he put a sign, no fishing allowed. True. True. And do you know, when I had b- repented of that sin, the Lord, the Lord cleansed my heart with His blood. And heart cleansed by the blood of Jesus, He fills with the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love even for enemies. And instead that I hated that man, I loved him. And after a war, that man was sentenced to death because he had caused the death of many Dutch people. And when I heard that, I wrote him. Your betrayal has meant the death of my old father, who was 84 years old when they brought him into prison. After 10 days, he died. My sister, who died after 10 months terrible suffering, my brother, He came out alive with a sick man and died through that sickness and his son never came back. I myself have suffered terribly through in three different prisons, but I have forgiven you. And that is because Jesus is in my heart. And when Jesus tells you to love your enemies, he gives you the love that he demands from you. And I sent that man a New Testament and underlined the way of salvation. And that man wrote me that you could forgive me is such a great miracle. That I have said, Jesus, when you give such a love in the heart of your followers, there's hope for me. And I have read in the Bible that you sent me that Jesus has died at the cross for the sins of the whole world and I have brought my terrible sins to Jesus and I know that they are forgiven. Your forgiveness has shown me what it means that there is forgiveness through Jesus Christ and that man was brought to death that same week but he was reconciled with God and God had used me who had hated him to bring him to the Lord. The greatest of all is love. In First Corinthians 13, I believe that Paul describes God's love there are two kinds of love, human love and God's love. Human love fails on the long run, but God's love never fails. And I believe that this love that is described here is the love of God, not only in the heart of the Father, but shed abroad brought into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us, Romans 5:5. 5. 5. And when Paul uses the translation of Phillips, then he says, If I speak with the eloquence of men and of angels, but have no love, I become no more than blaring brass and crashing cymbal. If I have the gift of foretelling the future and hold in my mind not only all human knowledge, but the very secrets of God, and if I also have that absolute faith which can move mountains, but have no love, I amount to nothing at all. If I dispose of all that I possess, yet even if I give my own body to be burned, but have no love, I achieve precisely nothing." This love of which I speak is slow to lose patience. It looks for a way of being constructive. It does not keep account of evil or gloat over the wickedness of other people. On the contrary, it is glad with all good men when truth prevails. Love knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is in fact the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. And in my life all else had fallen. I stood in roll call in the concentration camp Ravensbruck. Where well, 97,000 women were killed or died, also my sister. When I stood there on roll call, one of the guards used her time to demonstrate her cruelties. I could hardly bear to see or to hear what had happened in front of me. But suddenly a skylark came, <coughs> and he started to sing in the sky, and all the prisoners looked up. And when I looked up, I looked at the sky. And then I thought that Psalm 103 was written As high is heaven over the earth, so far is God's love and mercy over all that fear Him. And suddenly I saw it. Oh, love of God, how deep and great! Far deeper than man's deepest hate. God sent that skylight three weeks daily, exactly during roll call time, to turn away our eyes from the cruelty of man unto the ocean of God's love. How can you and I understand God's love? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light and the burden of my sins rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. When we look unto Jesus, we understand, when we look at the cross, what an ocean of love he has for you and me. I was questioned by a... Man in whose hands my life was. He was my judge. It was um, wartime. And if that man should say I had to be shot, I should have been shot. He asked me much about my spare time, about what my certificates, and I told him all. When he asked me about my misdeeds, I did not tell him all. He has known only of eight jewels that I had uh, saved, and I hope that there were more than 800. But when he asked me about my spare time, I told him about that work that I had on the f- with feeble-minded children in my little booklet, Common Sense Not Needed, you can read about it. And when I told that, the man said, that was a nonsense. Hasn't it found more value to convert a normal person than an abnormal one? And then I said, if you should know Jesus, you should know that he has a great love and concern for everyone who is in need. It is possible that a poor, feeble-minded child has more value in his loving eyes than you and I together. And he was angry, and he called a policeman and said, Bring her back to her cell. But the next day I was again brought to him, and then he said, I could not sleep this night. I had always to think of what you told about Jesus. We have time enough for the questioning. First, you must tell me what you know of Jesus. Boy, that was a chance. I said, Jesus is a light. Come into this world, that everyone who believes in him does not remain in darkness. And I asked him, is there darkness in your life? That man said, darkness, there is no light at all in my life. And I brought him the old, old story of Jesus and his love. After me, Betsy, my sister, was questioned. With great joy, she testified to her faith. And she told about Jesus. And then she said, that it is important to speak about Jesus. It is more important to speak to him. Do you allow me that I pray with you? And he said, yes. And she prayed with him. The, the prisoner with her judge. Five times Betsy was questioned. Five times she prayed with that man. Betsy died in prison. But after the war, I met that judge, and I, he said to me, I can never forget your sister's prayers. Through our, her and through my testimony, God touched the heart of that man, and he became a friend instead of an enemy. But he had to do his job, and suddenly he showed me papers found in my house, And to my horror, I saw names, addresses, and particulars. That could mean my descendants. And the descendants of my family and my friends who were in prison. You will say, how was it possible that such dangerous papers were found in your house? But I must tell you that my teenagers have done a tremendous courageous job. But they were not always careful, and so it happened that these terrible papers were found in my house. The judge said, can you explain these papers? I said, no, I can't. And I felt deep unhappy, but he knew how dangerous they were. And suddenly he turned, opened the door of the stove, and he threw all the papers into the flames. Oh my, how happy I was. I, I should never have believed and you I should have told me that I could be happy when, the, when I was in a prison of an enemy. But that moment when I saw the flames destroy these horrible papers, it was as if for the first time I understood Colossians 3.20 where it's written that Jesus has taken the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, has taken them out of of the way and nailed them at the cross. See, do you realize that there are dangerous papers for you? Do you realize that in heaven all our sins are written down? And we have all to come for the judgment day of God. And if we have refused Jesus Christ in this life, the judgment day will be terrible, for we will have to pay and to carry the the punishment for our sins. But when we have found Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, in this life we have nothing to fear, for we will find out that Jesus has taken all our sins and nailed them, at the cross hallelujah what a love what a savior I had a little Bible when I was brought into that concentration camp Ravensbrück I had a small Bible but the whole Bible Old and New Testament specially printed for what they called the underground workers it was very small I had it on my back, but when they entered, I saw that we all had to be searched, and I saw that they took away everything that the prisoners had hidden under their clothing, and I got scared. I said, oh God, oh God, these people may not see me. God, send your angels and let they surround me. But then I thought, yes, but angels are spirits, and you can look through a spirit. I said, God, make your angels untransparent today. You can pray very unorthodox when you are in great need. But God did it. God did it. The woman who stood in front of me was searched, and then Bethesda stood behind me. And they did not see me. So I came with my Bible in the prison. Strange story. No, that's not strange. That is what is written in the Bible. Angels are ministering spirits sent to this planet for your and my help. And there are far more angels than demons. Yes. Well, there are demons, and they can really come into your heart when you do these occult sins of what Alan told. You go, you play with a witchy god, you go to a spiritualist meeting, you let, uh, uh, you go to a fortune teller, then a demon comes in your heart, but praise the Lord, you, you can send them away in the name of Jesus. And don't forget, there are only one third of the angels fallen. So there are twice as many angels as there are devils. And really, still far more, for many of these devils are already sent to hell. So we can know that those who are at our side are far more and far stronger than those who are against us. And that's what I have experienced. Now, when I came in that prison, we had to live with... 700 prisoners in a room that was built for 200. It was terrible dirty, and very soon our clothing were full of lice. Those lice have caused many sicknesses, but in some way they have helped us, for the guards would never come into our room. They were afraid to get lice from us. That was good. The Bible was a forbidden book. But twice a day, we had a Bible message in Barak 28. And God had used for that angels and lies. God can use everything. (laughs)
1: Hallelujah.
0: God can use everything. And what a joy! Many of the people around me were killed or died. But many died with Jesus' name on their lips. And that was worthwhile even Betsy's death and all the suffering that I had to endure say can you forgive your enemies I cannot but Jesus in me can some time ago I had a difficulty that some friends some Christian friends of mine did something very mean and I had difficulty to forgive him and I said now Lord you have given me that grace that I could forgive the murderers of my family now Lord it is not difficult for you to give me forgiveness and love for my Christian friends it took some time but I forgave him <laughs> well you know uh, that book that I have written in the hiding place I wrote together with John and Tibby Shell and I had to tell my, really my whole life many things to them and so they had also heard of my friends and John Sherrill once said to me say Corrie, that the, these friends of yours who did that mean thing what about them I said that is forgiven and forgotten and I will not speak about it anymore he said I know that but I should like to know what do they think of it I said, well, they take it easy, they simply say they have not done it. But they can say that, but I have everything black and white in the letters that they have written me. And John said, what? Say, where are your sins? You have told that when you brought your sins, that God has cast them into the depths of the sea, and that there is a sign, no fishing allowed. That is what happened with your sins and the sins of your friends, you have black and white? Oh, God, give Corey the grace to burn all the black and whites of sins of others as a well-smelling sacrifice for you. <laughs> I have done it for <laughs> <laughs> Say, have you black and white of sins of others? Do you realize that you have no forgiveness? You can't forgive? No, I can't either, but Jesus can. And don't go to sleep tonight before you have burned all your black and whites. And I know that's a little bit difficult to burn papers here in America, but you can also make them just so small and uh, throw them in the waste basket that nobody can find out what your friends have done or your enemies. And you will find out that forgiveness is a tremendous joy for it is a key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Now, you and I have to be the light of the world, and I like to illustrate that with my flashlight. Some who have heard me some time ago have seen it already, but I don't mind it. I like to tell that to all of us. You know, this flashlight doesn't give light. It's not broken, but I have only one battery in it. I need, of course, two batteries. Now, this is like your and my heart. That first battery, that is what happened when you said your first yes to Jesus. So that real uh, uh, decision, and if there are here who have never done it, I hope you will do it tonight. And do you realize that when you say yes to Jesus, so really a yes, that the angels rejoice? for well, your soul is very, very precious in God's eyes. And the moment that you receive the Lord Jesus, I told you already, all the promises of the Bible are yours. I asked the lady, say, have you ever received the Lord Jesus as your Savior? She said, I go every Sunday to the church. I said, that's good, but a mouse born in a biscuit tin is therefore not yet a biscuit. Do you know? (laughs) To be in the church doesn't make you a child of God. She said, but my father and mother are very fine children of God. I said, but God has no grandchildren. You have to make a decision because the Lord loves you. And he likes to hear that you say, Yes, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me and I will love you. Thank you that you died at the cross for me. Now, I'm glad she did it, that lady. But now, there comes such a terrific joy in your heart when you know that your sins are forgiven. That many people say, hallelujah, I am saved, that's the end. Now you may say hallelujah, but don't say it is the end, it is the beginning. That moment you must cash your checks, you must take all the promises of the Bible, and you must learn to live as limitless rich king's children. And one of the great promises of the Bible is that Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. And that is that second battery. And that second battery, the fullness of the Holy Spirit, gives you the to be, be the light of the world. But I could not get it in my flashlight because it is full of rags. And you know, these rags are... Unrepented sins, this is pride, this is jealousy, envy, this one is unclean thoughts, unclean deeds, unclean words, this is selfishness, these are occult sins. Now, I'm going to ask you something. Will you tonight pray? And will you say, Search me, O God, and know my heart today? That is said in the Psalms. There's a beautiful prayer. You can also say, Lord, show me if there are rags in my fleshlight," And that's just the same. And then the Lord will show you and say, Yes, you are selfish. You are dishonest. You are a liar. And whatever the Lord says, don't make an excuse, for the blood of Jesus has never cleansed an excuse. But say, yes Lord, I am, I have a a light, will you forgive me? And then repent. And repentance means asking forgiveness, and then in the power of the Lord, turn away from your sins. And that is necessary. There was a pickpocket who was, who was a very good pickpocket. He stole about 50, 60 watches every week. And then he was converted. He said, now I am a Christian. I steal only five or six. No. When Jesus shows his great love for sinners, when that woman that was found in adultery was brought to him, the Lord said, I don't throw a stone on you. And then he said, Go and sin no more. And that is what Jesus can say. For he bids us fly and gives us wings. And when you have brought your sins to the Lord, then claim the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit is love and peace and kindness and goodness and self-control. And then you are... The life, He does not do it. I would say life is flesh life. I think I've overlooked a little rag. You see, sometimes when we are very decent sinners, there can be such a little decent sin in our heart. Just a little bit of self-pity, a little white lie. (laughs) But you know, when we do not make clean deck with us little sins in our hearts, we cannot be the light of the world, and I find one. Sure. Oh, but it's not a rag. That's paper. Oh. Twenty dollars, oh, no, that, that is not a rag, that's no sin. It was only in the wrong place. My money must not be in my flashlight, but in my purse. You see, when you have too many dollars or not dollars enough, often the devil brings the dollars into your heart. But your heart must be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord will do it. He will make you really the light of the world. And that is the great joy. We have not to strive and to try and to try. It is not try, it is trust. It is not do, but done. Our God has planned for us great victory through His Son. And I will tell you one story, one experience of a short time ago. I was in Russia. You may not speak as a foreigner in a church. But I asked if I could say, uh, bring the greetings from America and from Holland. And they said, yes. And my greetings took 30 minutes. And then we sang a hymn and I asked the pastor, Pastor, may I say goodbye? He said, yes. And I said goodbye 30 minutes. So my sermon was a whole hour. And oh, it was a joy to speak to these Christians and say, don't lose courage. The suffering of this time is not worthy to be compared with the common glory. God himself will wipe away the tears from the eyes. And the best is yet to be. This world will be covered in the knowledge of God. Like the waters cover the bottom of the sea. Jesus is alive and his light is stronger than the deepest darkness. I have experienced it. That you cannot go so deep. Always deeper are the everlasting arms that carry you. Oh, it was a joy. It is always a joy to give these people comfort. But one morning I was in my hotel room and I said, God, I like to bring the gospel to the, to the communists. They have an eternity to lose out again, Lord. And you died for the sins of the whole world. But Lord, I cannot reach them. Lord, I need a miracle, but you are the God of miracles. Give me the miracle that I can reach the communists today. And the same moment, I saw on the floor little holes in the form of a pepper box. The holes in a pepper box, and I understood there is the secret microphone. In all the hotel rooms in communist countries, there are secret microphones, and they take every word you say on that microphone, on the on the tape. And I said, "Thank you, Lord, for that answer." What a joy I could give a message to communists did they listen they not only listened they took it on a tape and they they did not keep the tape they gave the tape to to their chiefs and we prayed for all the people who had to read these tapes and boy I had a joy I said you know people I have here in my hand a book A book almost bursting by good news. In this book is among all other riches the great answer for the two paramount problems that every human being has. And that is the problem of sin and of death. For in this book you can read everything that you have to know about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who died at the cross for the sins of the whole world. And when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, and you repent of your sins, then He will cleanse your heart from, from your sins. And that is the end. Uh, he will fill you with the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit is peace and joy and love. And Jesus gives you everlasting life. And that means life in heaven. That is the answer for your death problems. And Jesus has said, Come unto me all, and all that is also you there. What a joy. I can tell you I have brought after that every day what I call my pepper box messages in the the communist countries. Say people pray, pray for your fellow Christians. Especially now for the fellow Christians in China. Pray that your uh, uh, precedent will be used, that there comes an opening, that Christians can come into uh, China and uh, help the Christians there and bring the gospel to the many who have never heard the gospel. You know, half of the greatest half of the body of Christ is suffering persecution. And Watchman, he said, when my feet were whipped, my hand felt pain. And the feet are whipped of the Christians over a great part of the world. Pray for your fellow Christians in these countries. And be sure that you cash your check so that you will be strong in times when you should come in difficulties of persecution. And the great joy is, when you surrender all to the Lord, He will fill your heart with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is a spirit not of fear, but of love, and of power, and a sound mind. I have here a glove that cannot do anything. But when my hand is in the glove, It can cook, it can write, it can do many things. (laughs) No, I know that is the glove, that's not the glove, that's the hand in the glove. You and I are nothing but gloves, and the hand, that is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit does the job that He makes you children of the light, the light in this very dark world. But you must give room to the Holy Spirit when my hand is only in the midst of the glove. Now the glove cannot do anything. No, you must surrender every finger, every corner of your life to the Lord and He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen, we pray. Thank you, Lord, that there is such an ocean of love available. That love that you have brought into our heart through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you did that. And thank you, Father, that that love in us is sufficient and more than sufficient to overcome the problems that we have to face when we come home. When we go to our work we praise and thank you, Lord, that your love still stands also when all else has fallen. And our Lord, search our hearts. Show us if there are unconfessed sins, rags in our fleshlight, pride, envy, selfishness. Tell it us, Lord. And we praise and thank you when we repent. You forgive and cleanse us. And Lord show us if there are black and whites or sins of others in our life, in our heart, perhaps in a little drawer at home.
1: It's a real pleasure to introduce Cory Tin Cory Tinboom to you. To many of you, I don't think she needs an introduction. But I'm going to introduce her by what she calls herself, a tramp for Jesus. That's just a servant of Jesus. I think that's the best way that we could say, Corey is just a servant of Jesus Christ, just like all of us are here this morning. And as his servant comes, as his servants are sitting out there, let's just listen to what Jesus wants to say to us in a personal way today. Corey.
0: I'm so glad I am again here. And I know that I am speaking for praying people, and it's good, <coughs> for there is a tremendous uh, work to do for you and me in this time of intercession. I even invite you to pray in the time that you listen, it's possible. You can have the horizontal and the vertical connection. on the same time, you can listen and pray. And will you pray that the Lord will give that message that you need and the people around you need. And will you pray for me that I will not stand in the way, but that the Lord will use me as his channel, streams of living water. Let's first pray together Father in Jesus name You know that we do not need Only a small blessing But a very great blessing Because we are all Called to be children of the light In a very dark time Open our eyes That we may see The far fast reaches of eternity Use me Lord I thank you for the blessing that you have in store for us. Amen. It was some time ago that I have seen my, the, the movie, The Hiding Place. That is an experience that very few people have and will have. Just to see your, your own uh, story in a beautiful picture. It is so beautiful and moving, but in some, time, uh, some way it was difficult for me for it showed not only the happy background, our life in Harlem with Daddy and Betsy, and, but also the suffering in the concentration camp. And when I saw it, there were moments that I thought, no, no so bad it hasn't been and then I remembered yes it has been so bad but the great joy was that through the whole film the whole movie you see what it means when you go through very deep times with your hand in Jesus' hand and then the worst can happen the best remains so it is a message for everyone who will see it in the theaters. Yes, it is a movie for the theaters, not in the churches. And you must pray for that movie, that it will be um, be finished in time. At the end in of December, it will have the premiere in Los Angeles, and pray for the people that God will reach through that film. It is a message for Christians, for there you see, it underlines the truth of Jesus' victory in the life of one of his followers. But it is also a message for those who do not know Jesus. For it is very clear that Jesus has said, come unto me all. Well, happy laden, and I will give you rest. And that word, all, that it makes that you and I have a tremendous message in this time. I don't know how long ago it was that I was in this church, but I know one thing, that since that time, it is far more dark and terrible in this world. Now, than a time ago, it is gone down with this world and it is so good that a Christian has to be and can be realistic because we have a book and in this book is written that we are citizens of heaven. Our outlook goes beyond this world. To the hopeful expectation. Of the coming of our Messiah. Jesus Christ. And here in this book. We can read. The signs of the time. And if I have never. Had never believed in the Bible. I should now believe in the Bible. When I read the newspapers. For almost all. The signs of the time. You can read in newspapers. And I think it is. Uh, a great joy I heard a colored pastor who said when I read a book with very sad things then I don't like it but then I always look at the last page and when I see at the last page oh they get each other and they live happy for the rest of their life now then I read the whole book say are you scared when you read what is happening and will happen before Jesus coming then do the same as it pastor look at the last page isn't it a joy that Jesus has said I come and I make everything new and this world will be covered with a knowledge of God like the waters cover the bottom of the sea. That is the future. And that's why you and I can be strong even in times of very great difficulties and tribulation. Do you remember that I showed you my um, embroidery the last time? I have it still and I use it still. Because it has helped me so much. This uh, side of the of the embroidery is terrible mixed up. I could say this is the side of the news. Over the television and in the newspapers and in time. There is no, you don't know what you want to think about it. But in heaven there is no panic, never. God has plans no problems. God's plan is beautiful. And God is working his purpose out. That is one of the the beautiful uh, songs in uh, the Episcopalian song um, uh, book God is working his purpose out and the time is drawing near nearer and nearer draw the time the time that will surely be that this world will be filled with the knowledge of God like the waters cover the sea and that's why we can be so full of courage but it is good to see That there will be a time that the swords will be changed in plowshares. That there will be peace on earth like it is now in heaven. That there will be a time when we will see Jesus face to face. When in the midst of the misery of this world, the children of God will be translated And meet Jesus in the air. We have a future. And I'm so glad that many of you look happy when I uh, talk about that. Some of you do not. And that is because you do not realize what it means. That we live in a time that the signs of the time show us that Jesus can come very soon and I understand a little bit you say yes that is coming but now yes now now we are going through a time that is described in the Bible as a time of terrible persecutions and tribulations some people say oh but before tribulations and persecutions come we will be translated no That's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, pray that you will be strong enough to come through everything that will happen in these days. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And perhaps you do not yet. Suffer tribulation but do you realize that about 60% of the body of Christ is going through a tribulation so terrible worse than in the time of Nero now at this time that we have had our good cup of coffee and our beautiful fellowship and, and our good houses in a free country 60% of the children of God are persecuted and uh, in a terrible way uh, killed thousands and hundred thousands are sitting in the concentration camps and slowly killed and you and I must realize that and we must realize that we have to be one body of Christ watch he said when my feet were whipped My hands suffered pain, and so we must, together with our fellow Christians, suffer. And the other thing is that we have to be ready when it should come to you and me. For I do not read in the Bible that persecution will come everywhere but not in America. Don't be afraid, don't be scared, (laughs) I can understand it, because you you, uh, understand that what I am talking is a terrific reality, and it is time to wake up to reality. But I can tell you we have nothing to fear. I remember when I was a little girl, I asked my father, Daddy, I will never be strong enough to be a sufferer for Jesus. A martyr for Jesus. And daddy said, when you go to travel, when do I give you your train ticket? Three weeks before. I said, no daddy, the day that I go to travel. And father said, that's what God does. Have you no strength for persecution at this moment? Doesn't matter. The moment that it comes, the Lord will give you your train ticket. And that is not only for persecution, but for all our suffering. For I believe in this time, we will go in training to become strong children of God. Victorious children of God. And I can tell you everything that we need is in the Bible To make us strong Christians Boundless resources are available And when you go in training And you get strong for coming events Then you are also strong for that difficulty that you have to face when you come home today the difficulty in your office in your uh, in your home in your kitchen in your uh, in your school wherever you are called to be the light of the world because the source of our strength is Jesus Christ himself and his cross shows us that we can accept suffering as a part of God's plan for this world. When I was in a concentration camp, one of the most terrible things I had to go through was that they stripped us of all our clothing and we had to stand naked. The first time was the worst. I said, Betsy, I cannot bear this. And suddenly it was as if I saw Jesus at the cross. And the Bible tells, they took his garments, he hanged there naked. And I knew he hanged there for me, for my sins. And by my suffering, I understood a fraction of the suffering of Jesus Christ. And it made me so thankful that I could bear my suffering. Love, so amazing, so divine, demands my life, my soul, my all. Some people are afraid to look at the cross. Are you? Don't be afraid. The cross is terrible. It is terrible how Jesus suffered. Not to describe. But you must not be afraid to look at it. For if you had been the only person in the world, Jesus should have suffered for your sins. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my sins rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I have guidance every day. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? Peter says in 2 Peter 3.14 Because you have a hope like this before you I urge you to make certain That such a day find you at peace with God and men, Clean and blameless in his sight Say, are you ready? When Jesus should come this moment are you right with God and right with men? I remember that when I spoke here one of the times that I showed you my flashlight <laughs> Some of you know that I'm going to show it to you again You know this flashlight does not give light It is not broken But I have only one battery in it. And we all know that it cannot give light when there is only one battery in it. But I could not get the second battery in it because it is full of rags. First I must must remove these rags. Do you know what I mean with this? This is your heart and my heart. And this first battery is that what happened... When you, when I, for the first time in your life said a real yes to Jesus. Do you remember that moment that you saw that you were a sinner? And that you needed a savior. And you saw suddenly it is Jesus who is my savior. And you said, oh yes Lord Jesus, I need you come into my heart. I need I need your help, your, your cleanse and your forgiveness and you brought all your sins to the Lord (laughs) and I see many of you now, so with such happy faces because that was a moment that, that the angels rejoiced for a sinner was saved for eternity and some of you do not look so happy because you did not yet do it and that's, no don't laugh, for that is terrible that should mean that when Jesus should come this morning you should not be ready for him for his coming
1: and when he comes
0: everyone will have to be ready but the great joy is that this morning I can say Jesus has said come unto me all and that's also you and when you will come then do it and listen perhaps you will see the way of salvation a little bit clearer than before when you listen this morning and when I'm through with my talk then will you all be quiet then just a few minutes and then ask the Lord have I to give an answer and then give the answer And I pray and I hope that it will be a yes for all of you. For not only you have never received Jesus Christ, but also many people who belong to Jesus. There is a challenge that I must give you in the name of the Lord Jesus. And that is that you have to be right with God and right with man. And this is your heart and that second battery is the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And it is written in the Bible, I believe it is also Peter who says, You have been eager to get his gifts in this time of waiting for his final appearance. And the Bible has no suggestions, only commandments. And one of the most joyful commandments is, Be filled with the Spirit. And but these are sins. When there are in your heart unconfessed sins, then you cannot expect that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. To be right with God, we have to make clean deck with the rags in the flashlight, with the sins in our heart. This one is bad temper. Hebrew twelve fifteen says, A bitter spirit which is not only bad in itself, but can also poison the life of many others. A bad temper is terrible for your for yourself and for your family. This is pride. In the Bible is written, Josiah says, pride that is that feeling of holier than thou, it is smoking smoke in God's nose. Yes. This one is inferiority feeling. Hey, is that a sin? Isn't that humbleness? No, there is also pride. That is that you do not accept your limitations. First Corinthians 7.17 Each man should live his life with the gifts that God has given him. And in the condition in which God has called him. Isn't that good? <laughs> then you have no inferiority feeling. She is far, far more beautiful than I. Doesn't matter. I have the gift of a face with many, many of these wrinkles, you call that, huh? But it doesn't matter. I have to live with the gifts that God has given me an inferiority feeling is pride. Now this is worry. This is jealousy. This is criticism. <sighs> that is a rag that is in the hearts of many Christians. And you do know the danger is that we so often criticize other Christians, and Paul says, when he uses the translation of Phillips, don't criticize somebody else's servant, especially when that somebody else is God. He is able to make him a servant that is satisfactory. Ellen said something about, we have not to carry the burden for each other we have not to protect each other it is we have just to bring the other Christian to his master and say Lord I see that he is not she is not quite right no 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 Lord it is God says don't criticize somebody else's uh, uh, servant and that somebody else is me so leave it to me and I just tell it him Now these are forgotten promises. Did you give a promise? Did you forget it? God did not forget it, forget it. Unforgiveness. I'll speak about that more. Stubbornness. In the Bible it's written, rebellion is as bad as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness as bad as worshiping I- idols. This one is lying. When we lie to each other, we are hurting ourselves. Lust, disobedience. Now, what can I do with this rags? No problem. What can you do with the rags in your flesh leg? No problem. At the cross, you see the answer. And the Bible tells, confess your sins and forsake them. And in the power of Jesus, we can ask, oh God forgive me that stubbornness. Forgive me that bad temper. Forgive me that slander and that worry perhaps I am speaking here for very decent sinners there are some decent sins but in God's eyes decent sins can also be a difficulty no it is terrible and we have to be at peace with God and we cannot be at peace with God when we keep our sins so bring it to the Lord and then The great joy is When we ask forgiveness The blood will cleanse us And not only that But the Lord will give us His victory through the blood We overcome by the blood of the Lamb It is not only uh, ask forgiveness But go in the strength of the Lord And when you have a cleansed heart then it is a dwelling for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then, you are the light of the world, because the fruit of the Spirit is love, and peace, and kindness, and goodness, and self-control. And it is the Holy Spirit, who makes you the light of, of, of light, of the world. But I see he doesn't do it. <laughs> I fear that I have left, a few listen, a few decent sins. Few very little rags. Yes. I find some oh. oh no No, this is not a rag. It's money. Bermuda dollar. Oh nothing wrong with a dollar. you know this is this is not a sin. It was only in the wrong place. It has to be in my purse. You know, it is possible that there is no, no rag, no sin in your heart. But that you are not full of the Holy Spirit because there is money in your heart. And there are here very able people who can help you with that money. So just come to us. Do you see it? but isn't it a joy that it is the Holy Spirit who makes the light of the world for now I've spoken about be right with God but now be right with men and there is a problem I could not forgive it was some time ago that I was in Berlin and there came a man to me and said, Ah, Mr. Bohm, I am glad to see you. Don't you know me? And suddenly I saw that man. That was one of the most cruel overseers, guards, in the concentra- in concentration camp. And that man said, I am now a Christian, I have found the Lord Jesus, I read my Bible and I know that there is forgiveness for all the sins of the whole world, also for my sins. I have forgiveness for the cruelties I have done. But then I have asked God grace for an opportunity that I could ask one of my very victims' forgiveness. And Fräulein boom. Once in me, forgiven. Will you forgive me? And I could not. I remembered the suffering of my dying sister through him. But when I saw, when I experienced that I could not forgive, suddenly I knew I myself have no forgiveness. Do you know that Jesus has said that? When you do not forgive those who have sinned against you, my heavenly father will not forgive you your sins. And I I knew, oh, I'm not ready for Jesus coming because I have no forgiveness for my sins. But I was not able, I could not, I could only hate him. And then I took one of these Beautiful text, one of these boundless resources, Romans 5.5 5. The love of God is shed brought into our hearts Through the Holy Spirit who is given to us And I said, thank you, Jesus That you have brought into my heart God's love through the Holy Spirit who is given to me And thank you, Father, that your love Is stronger than my hatred and unforgiveness That same moment I was free And I could say Brother give me your hand And I shook hands with him And it was as if I felt God's love stream through my arms You never touch so The ocean of God's love As that you forgive your enemies Can you forgive? No I can't either but he can and that is the message that the film that the movie will bring to the world it is possible to forgive when you cash your checks the promises of the Bible are checks written on your and my name the moment that we were born into the family of God and signed by Jesus and the bank account of the Bible is not frozen it is all for you and me. And there is an ocean of God's love available for you and me. And that is why you can be ready with for Jesus' coming. And be clean and blameless in God's eyes. And ready with God and men. I spoke a time ago about this. And... There came a woman to me afterwards and she gave me a key. I said, what's that for a key? She said, this key is of the house of the woman who has stolen the love of my husband. And I had that key because I hated that woman. And I will not tell you what I was planning to do. But this evening, God has given me His love. I can forgive and love that woman. Here's the key. Will you destroy it? Was oh, that a joy. Just imagine. Oh, what was that a rich experience. Have, have, can you forgive that woman? that has stolen the love of your husband? That man that has stolen the love of your wife? You can't. I understand it. But cash Romans five. Take the love of God and you will experience that you will be liberated. You will be free. For forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is a power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. Do you understand that when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and through the Holy Spirit with the love of God that you are able to suffer persecution even if it should come in your days for the love of God still stands also when all else has fallen that's what I've experienced I stood on roll call and terrible cruelties were happening in front of me. And suddenly a skylark came and started to sing in the sky. And all the prisoners looked up and we listened to the bird's song. And when I looked at the bird, I looked at the sky. And I thought of Psalm 103, where it's written, As high is heaven over the earth, so high is God's love over all that fear Him. And suddenly it was as if I wake up to reality. Oh, love of God, how deep and great, far deeper than man's deepest hate. And God sent that Skylark three weeks daily, exactly during roll call time, to turn away our eyes from the cruelty of men and to the ocean of God's love. And we can see a little when we stand at the ocean, at this rocky shore. But out there, beyond the ice horizon, there's more, there's more. We can only see a little of God's loving, a few rich samples of His mighty store. But out there beyond the ice horizon, there's more, there's more. Yes, the best is yet to be, but now already, now, there is a love of God available for you and me. And then you can, you can be victorious. And you can be clean and blameless in God's sight. And you can be the light for your house and your work. And a light in this dark world. I will never forget when I came for the first... For, when we came in the concentration camp, we had to live with 700 in a room. It was built for 200. And suddenly people started to fight. That was a danger. Other people joined and there came a great fight. And we heard swearing and beating and crying. And Betsy said, Corrie, Corrie, let us pray. And Betsy prayed and prayed and prayed. And it was as if a storm came down and was stilled. We didn't hear more swearing, crying. It was quiet. And then Betsy said, Amen. Do you see the situation? Do you see here a room with 700 prisoners in a great danger for if the gods had found that they had been, been uh, fighting we should have been punished all 700 in a cruel way but there was a starving old woman Betsy and she prayed and so the situation was won. there was victory do you see what you have to do? Do you see what it means to live now in America? America that is, that is wounded. America that is suffering, that is sinning. That you are the children of the light in a world that is sick, a sick, dead, ill world. And that is where you are called to live. And don't be afraid think of oh Betsy and you know to, how to pray and if you don't know go in study go in training how to pray and your prayer will be a tremendous help for this world I believe that when there had been ten or it is in the Bible when there had been ten righteous People in Sodom, Sodom should not have been destroyed. And a few praying people can make this world acceptable for God. Because this world is acceptable through the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you when you have offered Him a clean dwelling. I am so glad, that it is possible, and that we have never been in such an opportunity to help people around us. I believe we must understand, in what kind of world we live. Your bishop has said, there is no neutral world The world is not neutral, the world is bad and it is in this time or either, it is Satan or Jesus and when you deny Jesus and disobey him, then you are in the power of Satan and Satan is, is working over the world in such a horrible way that you don't know what you hear and you hear about the celebrations of the Satan people. Who this give them all to the devil. And also the decent sinners. When, you, when they do not turn away from their sins. They, they will be a, a tool in the hands of the enemy. And the Lord has taught us those who are clean will be cleansed those who are filthy will be filthier and that's the time where you and I live it is time to be dead serious with God and he loves you and me and you can come to him And He will make you ready and strong and in training. He will train you. I'll never forget that I was in Usumbura, in Burundi, Africa, and there was persecution. Yes. I asked a missionary, say, is it true that last year 10,000 Christians were killed in Africa? And he said, yes. And it is also true that this year 200,000 Christians were killed. I yes, said, now, you don't know that. But I came in the town, Osumbora, and there had come a new government, and several Christians had got a paper, you must be registered in a police station. And during the night they were shot. And the next day, other Christians, next day other Christians. When I stood in the church that Sunday morning, I saw people who were scared, were scared terrible afraid. They looked at each other. Will he be there? Next week, will they kill her? Will I be still alive? And I said, oh Lord, give me a message for these people. And the Lord gave me First Peter 4.12. Dear friends of mine, I beg you not to be unduly alarmed at the fiery ordeals which come to test your faith as though this were some abnormal experience. You should be glad because it means that you are called to share Christ's sufferings. One day, when he shows himself in full splendor to men, you will be filled with the most tremendous joy. If you are reproached for being Christ's followers, that is a great privilege. For you can be sure that God's Spirit of Glory is resting upon you. And there came a joy in that church. The people knew it is possible that I have to die very soon. Do you know what I felt? In my diary I wrote, it was the feeling, perhaps have you had it, that, that you were in a room where a child of God was dying? And the joy of God was ready. And you lived with that Christian. And you experienced the joy that was in that room. Because there was one who went home and was happy. Such a feeling I had when I was speaking in that church. And I can tell you, every word that I said, I felt heavy of importance and the Holy Spirit gave a spirit of joy I said uh, you have heard that the spirit of glory will rest on you when you have the, the joy of, um, of being killed and suffer for Jesus and then one of them started to sing I will never forget they, these Africans they sang it in their language and the other people in the English language there is a land that is fairer than they and by faith we can see it afar for the Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there, in the sweet by and by, we will meet on the beautiful shore, and they repeated it, and when they went home, I heard in the sweet by and by, we will meet on the beautiful shore. I met last month in Lausanne in the great Congress, a woman from Osambora. I asked her, tell me, how is Radio Kordak? That was the place where I had worked. He said, oh praise the Lord! Two years it has been closed and now it is open 24 hours a day. The uh, Gospel goes over the radio. And I asked her, how are my friends? Is had your friends," she said. "They are all murdered. Oh, all killed." She saw my face, and then she laid her hand on my shoulder, and she smiled, and said, "Corrie, they are promoted ahead of us." She saw the reality I said and you are you going back to Istanbul oh yes she said as soon as the congress is over I go back but are you not in danger yes yes do you see the spirit of power was resting on her she had the train ticket and that's what you will have And we are citizens of heaven, our outlook goes beyond this world, the best is yet to be. And may the God of peace make you holy through and through. May you be kept in spirit, soul and body in spotless integrity. Until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that possible? You? In spotless integrity? I? Yes. For he who calls you. Is utterly faithful. And he will finish. What he has set out to do. Let's pray Thank you Lord Thank you That we have only to surrender Ourselves to you And you will do the job To make us ready And Lord Jesus You are You are longing To come to us And you will make us ready Oh Lord You have spoken to us I don't know if all of us have understood But if there are who have not yet understood Lord keep talking to him Keep talking to her And lay your hand on their lives And on our lives So that we all may be ready Lord Jesus when you come That we may be ready In peace with you and with men, teach us to forgive, show us our riches, show us your ocean of love, not far away, but available today, and use us as faithful ambassadors of your light. In this dark world. And come soon, Lord Jesus, come and make everything new. Oh Lord, the restless millions wait the coming of the light that makes all things new. You also wait, but men are slow and few. Have we done all we could? Have I? Have you, Lord, speak to us. And we praise and thank you when we lay our weak hand in your strong hand that you will use us. Hallelujah. Amen. Please advance the tape
1: so it will be ready for the next time.
0: The tape ministry of Melody Land Christian Center introduces Miss Corey Ten Boom. Speaking in a special service that was held on October 1st, 1972. The title of Corey's message here is The Door of Repentance. In 1844, there was in an old home in Harlem a watchmaker who started a prayer meeting for the Jews. That was so unusual that my father told it to me. Now, it is not unusual when Christians pray for the peace of Jerusalem and for the blessings of the Jews, but in that time it was something very unusual. That old man was my grandfather. He came together with his friends every week, and they prayed and they prayed, for the Jews and for the peace of Jerusalem. Hundred years later, in that very same house, grandfather's son, four of his grandchildren and a great-grandson, they all were arrested because we had saved Jewish people. That was a divine, but not to understand answer On prayer for Jews. My father often was warned. They said when you have always Jews in your house you will end up in prison. And then he always said if that will happen I am too old. But if that happens it will be an honor to me. To give my life for God's ancient people the Jews. And that's what really happened. He died after 10 days. Now you know a little bit about the beginning of that uh, terrible happening in my life that I became a prisoner together with my family. Once in heaven, we will understand and see God's side of the embroidery. God holds the the, uh, key of all unknown and I am glad. If other hands should hold the key, or if he trusted it to me, I might be sad. The very dimness of my sight makes me secure. For groping in my misty way, I feel his hand. I heard him say, my help is sure. I'm going to give a message to the children of God here tonight. I told yesterday that I asked a lady if she was a child of God and she said, sure I am. I go every Sunday to the church. And I said, a mouse born in a biscuit tin is therefore not yet a biscuit. (laughs) And to be in the building of a church does not make you a child of God. Then she said, but my parents were fine children of God. I said, but God has no grandchildren. And I tell you, if you are not quite sure that you have received Jesus as your Savior, then do it tonight. It is still time. And I can tell you, when you come to Jesus, those who come to him, He will in no wise cast out. You are very welcome. You are welcome into the everlasting love God has for his son. And the very moment that you are a child of God, then there is a tremendous work for you to do. Perhaps you say, but I do not quite understand that that being saved, to have forgiveness of sins. I can tell you, when I was in that very difficult experience of a prison, when I was four months in solitary confinement alone, then I learned. I learned more than before. The class of that school was very difficult. But Jesus stood in front of the class. And that is why I learned so much. I was questioned. I was brought before a judge. And he asked me many things. He asked me about my childhood, my certificates, my spare time. And I told him all. When he asked me about my misdeeds, I did not tell him all. He has known about eight Jews that I had saved. And praise the Lord! There were many, many more. But when I told him uh, about uh, what about my life, I also testified to my faith, and I told him about Jesus. And the Lord used that um, questioning to touch his heart. And I experienced that when when there came a moment that he showed me papers found in my house. And I had already found that he was so kind. It was as if he became a friend instead of an enemy. But he had to do his duty, and he said, these papers are found in your house. And there, to my horror, I read names, addresses, and particulars that could mean not only my death sentence, but a death sentence of my family and friends. And there were several addresses of Jews who were not yet found. I was so afraid. And he said, can you explain these papers? I said, no, I can't. I felt so miserable. But he knew how dangerous the papers were. And because he became a friend, he had become a friend, he would help me and he took the papers, turned around, opened the door of the old um, stove and threw all the papers into the flames. How happy I was and when I saw these flames destroy these horrible papers were so dangerous for my friends, my family and I, it was as if for the first time I understood what it means when you know that Jesus at the cross has carried the sins of the whole world. And when we bring our sins to him, he cast our sins into the depths of the sea. And I, it is not in the Bible, but I believe he put a sign, no fishing allowed. He really, he, does, he destroys our sins. What a joy. And you, who have received the Lord Jesus or will receive this evening for the first time Jesus, you can bring your sins to the Lord Jesus and he will cast them in the depths of the sea, he will destroy them and they are gone and you have forgiveness and then the Lord cleanses your heart with his blood and a heart cleansed by the blood of Jesus, he fills with the Holy Spirit and that same moment you are called to obey a word that the Lord has said in Acts 1, eight, where the Lord Jesus said, you will have power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and go and make to my disciples, bring the gospel in Jerusalem, in Judea, and over the whole world. Every child of God is called to bring The gospel over the world and also you who are a babe in Christ of five minutes old. I was once in a prison in Bermuda. I like to work in prisons. I know how to feel behind the door that you can only open from outside. And I talked with a man who was sitting there in a cell. And uh, the the door were bar doors, and that man had a red rag on his uh, back, of, of the back of his uniform. I asked the guard, has that man tried to run away? He said, yes, how do we know that? I said, I have been a prisoner in three prisons, and when we try to run away, we also got a red rag on the back of our uniform. He said that poor man is sent is a murderer, and he is sentenced to whipping. And he was so afraid for that weapon that he had tried to run away. Poor fellow. Now he has had a double portion. He was sitting there in the corner of his cell. And I prayed, oh, God, give me to find a way to his heart. And, thought, make him your child. And I said, hi. Have you had the weapon? Yes. I said, was it bad? Yes. I said, now, do tell me, did they bring you into a hospital afterwards? No, it wasn't as bad. He stood up and came to the door. He thought, was that a strange lady who asked such questions? I said to him, "Uh, did they uh, treat your wounds? Yes, he said, they rubbed them. Then I asked, is there hatred in your heart? He said, hatred? My whole heart is full of hatred. I said, that I can understand. You. I said, yes, I. And then I told how there was hatred in my heart when they whipped my sister because she was too weak, too frail to shuffle sands. But I told him there happened a great miracle. uh, Jesus had brought into my heart God's love. And through that love... All the hatred disappeared. And I said, and the Lord will fill your heart with that love. And I showed him the way of salvation from the word of God. And how I prayed. For you must always have the horizontal and the vertical connection when you bring someone to the Lord. And that man said yes to Jesus. A yes that was so important that the angels rejoiced just like they rejoice when you say yes tonight. I shook hands with him and I prayed with him. And then he said, have you another five minutes? I said, yes, why? He said, in the third uh, cell at the other side of the corridor is a man in great darkness. Please tell him also of Jesus. A babe in Christ of five minutes old. And he had already a burden for souls. How old are you? Have you a burden for souls? I went to that man in the third cell. And I prayed and I claimed his soul and I showed him the way of salvation. And also that man made his decision for the Lord Jesus. That brought his name in the book of life. And before I left the prison, I said to the murderer, Say, uh, I must tell you something. That was good that you sent me to the man in the third cell. He has also received Jesus as his savior. And then the murderer looked around to me, and he shouted over the corridor, Hi, brother. (laughs) what will it be for you when you enter a beautiful city and the saved all around you appear and many of the people will tell you hi brother, hi sister, you invited me here. Then you will know that you have not lived in vain. To win souls for Jesus Christ is the most important work that a child of God can do. At the cross at the cross where I first saw the light, and the burden of my sins rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Oh, the love that drew salvation's plan. Oh, the grace that brought it down to men. Oh, the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary. In the concentration camp, we were not allowed to have have a Bible. But I had my Bible hidden under my dress. And when on the back of my, uh, on my back under my dress, and when we entered, I prayed, Oh God, send now your angels and let they surround me. For Lord if they find my Bible, they will take it away, and we need it here. But then I thought, angels, uh, yeah, they are helpers, but they are they are spirits, and the spirit is transparent, and these people may not see me. So I said, Oh God, make your angels today untransparent. You can pray very unorthodox when you are in great need, but God did it. <laughs> God did it. And when I stood there and they searched the woman before me and after me, my sister stood behind me, then I knew the angels around me are untransparent. Oh, what a joy. And then we came in that prison and it was so dirty, so terrible dirty. And the first thing we experienced was, that it was full with lice and fleas, and that she said Corrie you must thank God for everything I said can you thank give thanks for fleas and lice I can't and she said yes I can and she thanked God for the fleas, and I could not do it <laughs> but do you know what happened we experienced that guards and officers would never come into our room because they were afraid to get lice and fleas from us. (laughs) And that is why we could give twice a day a Bible message to the people around us. God can use also fleas and lice. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. See, do you know that... What the Lord said, go and bring the gospel, that it is for all of us here. The Lord Jesus has said, like the Father has sent me, so I send you. Perhaps some of you say, yes, but I am not healthy enough. I am not strong enough. Now don't say, I am not young enough, for I am not young enough too, I am 80 but I can tell you, I'm very happy that I may bring the gospel in many places. But I was in Russia, and I came in a room of a lady, a woman who was, was very ill. Her feet and hands were ill. Only one finger she could move. And she was sitting there on her bed, and uh, she was typing out with that one finger, Books of Billy Graham of Watchman Nee and my books. And she typed that out from the morning till the evening with the one finger she had still uh, uh, she could still use. I was so amazed. She did it till the last day of her life. Some months ago she died, and her husband told that she had done this work till the day before she died. I was so sorry, and I said to her husband, I'm so sorry that your wife is so ill. And he smiled. He said, do you know that the secret police knows that in our room there is only a very sick lady who has sick feet and hands, and they think she cannot do any harm, and they never come into our room. Is that good? God used that sickness that they were protected against the uh, the people of the secret police. Oh, what a joy is it that we have not to say uh, I am strong enough. I am I am good enough to be used. I must tell you that I have experienced when I am not strong enough, when I am not able to do it. When then my inability meets God's ability. And then uh, really miracles happen. I was in South America, in Argentina. And I came into a room in a hospital and there were people in iron lungs. There has been a terrible epidemic of polio. There, and I had never seen such a thing. So I was so downhearted. Oh, was, was that terrible to see people in an iron lung? And I had only one wish: to go somewhere in a corner and cry. And a nurse said to me, "Please, will you come to speak with this man? That was a man not in an iron lung, but he was." on a bed that went up and down, up and down. When his legs were up, then he could breathe out. When his legs were down, he could breathe in. And I said, Lord, you know that I am not able. I cannot do it. And when I say to the Lord, I cannot do it, he gives always the same answer. He said, I know that already a long time, but I'm so glad you know it. For well, now, I can do it. I said, all right, Lord, and you do it. And I stood there and I talked with that man. And I saw that he was a Jew. And I told him about Jesus. And I said to him that Jesus was a Jew. His divine side was a, that he was God's son. But his human side was that he was a Jew. And when you receive Jesus in your heart, you will be a completed Jew. And I told him that Jesus said to everyone, come unto me. And I was so happy when I saw that in the, that on the face of that man came a joy. He could not talk. The only thing he could he could write. Then I showed him my, my embroidery. I said, oh, when I see you here, not able to speak and so ill, then I think of this side of the embroidery. But God's side is beautiful, and I showed him the beautiful side of the embroidery, the crown. And then he took a little paper, and he wrote, thanks God I am already seeing the beautiful sight. Oh, what a miracle. I said, thank you, Lord. I was not able, but you were able. And the next day, I went again to that hospital. And I went to that room. And I said to the nurse, can I speak with that man? And she told, five minutes after you had left, that man winked me. And I went to him and he wrote down, For the first time in my life I have prayed in Jesus' name. And that moment that man died. Oh, what a miracle God had done through me on a moment that I could not do it. And the Lord can do it through you and through me because he is able I was in Brazil and I visited um, prison and there was, I was with a whole team and one lady was a good singer and the other played a little organ that she they had taken with her and they all did something. But one woman said, I cannot speak and I cannot uh, sing or play But I do every week something, and she made, had made a big, a huge cake. And she said, every week I bake that cake, and then you will see what I do with it. And after the whole sermon, service was over, we spoke for a huge group of women. This woman came with her cake, and it was as if all the prisoners was sitting a little bit more upright. Oh, now comes the cake. And she made little uh, pieces of cake and every piece she made in colored paper. She understood what colors mean for a prisoner. And I saw that there was an atmosphere of love and joy that was in that prison through the work of that simple lady who could not do anything else but baking a cake. Just ask the Lord, Lord, what can I do? And the Lord will tell you what you can do. I will never forget the last day that I was in Ravensbrück. I was called out. I heard when we had all every morning from 3.30 till 6.30 to stand on roll call. And when I came to stand there, I heard that they shouted 66,730. I said, that's my number. And the other prisoner said, ah, that means that you are sentenced to death. But I went forward three days before Betsy had died. And I thought, now they will shoot me and I go to heaven and I will see Jesus and I will see Betsy. And I was not sad, I was glad. But when I was standing there, next to me was a girl that I had never seen before, a Dutch girl. And I said, oh Lord, now this is the last day of my life. Lord, I claim the soul of this girl. I had three hours the time to tell her the way of salvation. And I could pray with her and tell her that Jesus loved her and had died at the cross for her sins. And that girl accepted the Lord Jesus as her Savior. And I said, thank you, Lord. This is not the last one I can bring to you. She was not the last one. What a joy that there are many more. See, but do you know, that when you will be a real worker for the Lord, that there must be a trust in the Lord. We are not able, but he is able. I will never forget when I was in Cuba, and oh, it was so difficult there. Alan and I were there the first day, and we tried to find Christians And we could not find anyone. And that night, both Ellen and I, we were afraid. We said, Lord, how can we work in this, in here, in Havana? And then we opened the Bible. And just when we opened the Bible, we read this word. It was the Acts 18.10. Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and let no one silence you. For I myself am with you, and no man shall lift a finger to harm you. There are many in this city who belong to me. Oh, what a word. We could just praise the Lord, and next day we found an address, And it was an address of a minister. And when we entered, we found that the ministers of whole Havana had come together for an assembly and uh, talking things over. So at one moment, we had all the churches of Havana together. What a joy. That is the great thing. We can trust the Lord. And he is able. But we must be sure that the channel... Our channel must be wide open. I have already spoken about forgiveness. If you are bitter, if you have hatred, don't think that the Lord can use you to bring the message of love of God in Jesus Christ to others. I heard once Rufus Mosley say, when you are sitting on Peter's chair and you are no Peter, you peter out. And I learned something. I heard of a pickpocket here, and he said, I was a very good pickpocket. I stole every week 50, 60 watches. But now I'm a Christian. I steal only five or six. (laughs) No. We have to be holy. We have to be Clean. And uh, John Bunyan, I like that little poem, and I have said it yesterday, but there are more people now than yesterday. John Bunyan said, run, John, run, the law commands, but gives us neither feet nor hands. Far better news the gospel brings, a us fly and gives us wings. Isn't that good? When the Lord says, uh, be, be good, love your enemies. Be clean. Then he gives us wings through the Holy Spirit. For the fruit of Spirit, the Holy Spirit is love and goodness and kindness and everything we need to be a good clean channels of streams of living water. And that is good in this time for the enemy is very busy. I heard of a boy Here in this town, he was on the, in a, on a college, and he had to have speech lessons. And then the professor said, no, all, you must all go to the drama tonight. And they went to a drama, and that was so dirty, that the boy thought, they felt that his soul became dirty. And suddenly he stood up and uh, ran away, and he came outside in the campus, and he threw himself in the grass, and he said, I was laying there in the grass, and I looked at the, at the stars, and I saw in the stars a little bit of the beautiful creation of God, and I said, Lord, my soul is dirty, will you cleanse me with your blood, and he was cleansed and he could go home so happy and don't forget my friends that there is the blood of Jesus available for to cleanse you with to cleanse you from all sins but we stand we must stand on victory ground and that is possible because Jesus is victor now it was a long time ...that I had worked over the world. And then there came a time that I was ill. And the doctor said, now you must take a year vacation. You may call it a sabbatical year. If you don't do it, then this is the last. But if you take a year vacation, then perhaps you can live and work another ten years. I said, I must talk with the boss... And I said, Lord, is that from you? And the Lord said, yes, that is from me. And I took a year vacation. And I went to a home in Uganda that I had, together with my friends, I had arranged it for missionaries and workers in God's kingdom to have vacation. And now I could go myself there, and it was a joy to be there. Oh, don't think I didn't do anything I, but for there were many um, universities and prisons and churches and clubs around but never I uh, did more than three meetings a week and <laughs> I slept every night in the same bed can you understand what that means? I had really slept in more than a thousand beds before and I loved it but then came the end and uh, now it was 1st of November and that was the end of the sabbatical year. And we were just asking the Lord for his schedule. It is not so when we make our schedule that we may make it and then ask God's signature. No, we ask God what is your schedule and then we write our signature. And the Lord made a very good schedule four months in Africa, two months in America, four months in East Europe behind the Iron Curtain. But I was not happy and when I was alone I said Lord I am now so old I think I stay here in Uganda and Lord I will work Oh, so hard as you like me to make me uh, work, but Lord, I will sleep every night in the same bed. And I, I was so happy, and there came a minister, an, uh, dark, um, uh, minister, colored man. And he came to me, he said, oh, Coritambong, we are so happy that you come to Burundi for, uh, You know, five years ago you were with us and you told us about what Jesus had been for you in prison. And we thought it was beautiful, but it did not say so much because we had never been in a prison. But since that time we have had war, civil war. I have been two years in prison and every word that you have said has been a comfort for us. And now, we are happy that you come again. But I was not happy. I said, oh, hmm. do tell me, what kind of a church have you? What is the message that you have to bring to the church, to your church, without hesitating? One moment he opened his Bible, and he read the beginning of Revelations 2. Write this to the angel of the church in Ephesus. He said, that is the church of Rwanda. These words are spoken by the one who holds the seven stars safe in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know what you have done. I know your powers of endurance, how you have suffered for the sake of my name And have not grown weary. But I hold this against you. That you have lost your first love. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and live as you lived at first. Otherwise if your heart remains unchanged. I shall come to you and remove your lampstand from its place when that African read that I knew that is not the message only for Ephesus or for Rwanda that was the message for Corrie ten Boom. more than 20 years before I came from a concentration camp very ill and very weak but I was interested in two things first to tell the people about the reality of Jesus' victory and I I was interested to win souls for him. That was 20 years ago, and now I was interested in my bed. And I knew it, I had lost my first love. But then suddenly there came joy in my heart. Accept your repent repent and i saw that the door of repentance was wide open and the only thing that i had to do was repent of my losing my first love and i repented and the lord forgave me and cleansed me and filled me with the holy spirit and did i get back my the my first love no far better The Lord filled my heart not with my first love but with the love of God through the Holy Spirit. And I went to Africa and to America and to East uh, Europe and the love of God was my strength. See, why did I did I tell you? The Lord told me that I have to tell you this tonight. Because there are here people who have lost your first love. And I have a joyful message for you. The door of repentance is wide open. Repent. Come to the Lord. And he will give you back your first love. No far more. He will fill you with the ocean of God's love in Jesus Christ. Through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That this is far more true than I can tell in my Corrie Boom English. You can speak to the people. And I praise and thank you, Lord, that the door of repentance is wide open. And we have only to confess our sins. And you are faithful and just to forgive us. And you will fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can love our enemies. So that we can be used as wide open channels of streams of living water. And oh Lord, I pray for all the people here in this hall. That when they enter the beautiful city and the saved all around them appear. That all of them will hear. By some or by many, it was you that invited me here. Hallelujah. Amen.